Romans 14, 10-13 Now then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Because it is written, For as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each one of us shall give account of himself to God, therefore we should no longer judge one another. It's interesting, isn't it, that Paul does not ask us this question. He does not say, do you judge your brother? He doesn't ask us that question. He asks us, why do you judge your brother? There's a big difference. Sure, he could have received information from Rome that uh, this congregation was having difficulty with judging one another. But for us here today, that really doesn't have anything to do with it. Because what Paul is asking of us is something that we should take on to heart ourselves. Through the writings of Paul, a man who made it his business to round up his brethren, his errant Christian kinsmen and pass judgment on them, judging them in some cases worthy of death. This same man speaks to us today as a messenger of Jesus and asks, why do we judge our brother? Why do you? Why do I? Why do we judge our brother? Because I have to admit, I have done this. It's not something I'm proud of, but I have done it. I have judged a brother or sister. I've been suspicious of their motivations. I've made a judgment about their actions or where they're coming from. I've made assumptions and judged judge them flawed or faulty or unreliable in some manner. Why do we judge? Why do we judge? When Paul uses this word, this judgment or judge word, it's clear from the context but also from the, from the original language that he means that we pass judgment as in a court of law. We've received all the evidence, and I'm the judge, and uh, you're guilty. And that's what we're doing when we judge a brother or a sister. We're not just making a mistake. We're not just misguided or in error. We are, in fact, colluding with the enemy. We're colluding with the enemy. Because if we sit or stand as a judge, there must also have been an accuser. And we can read from Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. 
But there is an individual who accuses the brethren before the throne of God day and night, accuses the saints. I do not want him to say, well, that Matt Steele, he agrees with me about that brother or that sister. I don't want him to have my judgment and my judgmental attitude as evidence when he accuses the brethren. Why do we judge? Do we judge because we are righteous? We're righteous. We have it all. We have it right. Do we judge? Because, well, we want to make sure that this individual is safe to be around. I don't want their bad habits to rub off on me. I'll, I'll make a judgment about their character. Perhaps we justify ourselves by passing judgment on others. Well, at least I'm not like that, that guy. You know, I may not be the best Christian in the world, but I'm not like him or her. You know, there were probably many different reasons why we judge a brother and a sister. Probably as many as there are people. But if there was one single reason that we judge our brother and our sisters, it may be this, that we are sinners, pure and simple. We are sinners. Yes, we have been baptized. Yes, we have received the Spirit of God within us as that earnest for that future time when we'll be free from such sinful actions. But for now, we live in this body of sin and death. We are sinners. And I know myself, I am all too often swayed by that old man that comes up and says, Hey, look at that person. See what they're doing? See their, how they're behaving? Not knowing any of the facts. Not knowing that it is none of our business. Because we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of our own selves. Jesus was a perfect man. He was without flaw. And he still is the only sinless man to walk the earth. And yet, he was a friend of sinners. A friend of sinners. In very few cases did he ever judge to condemn. And we can cite those examples. And it seems to be that when he was judging to condemn, it was to judge those that thought themselves righteous. But then he accepted. He accepted the sinners. He didn't accept their lifestyle or their decisions, but he accepted them. He was a friend of sinners. When we judge, when we condemn, it is impossible for us to be a friend of sinners. There's too much of a barrier. We can't relate to them. We create this barrier that we cannot cross. And worst of all, it stops us from revealing to them the love that Christ has for them. It stops us from really influencing their lives. 
and helping them turn what may well be from a simple way. In John chapter 8 and verse 3, we know this passage very well. The scribes and the Pharisees brought to him, to Jesus, a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they may have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin amongst you, let him throw a stone at her first. <coughs> and again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it, being convic convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman, standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has, has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And he said unto her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more.
I was a lost cause, and I was the 